All right. Back. Episode five of the Gross Balls. Oh, yeah. Five, man. We're, we're, old, we're old pros at this point. Baba Rahil and Chase Moseni, Austin, LA Connection, the hat and the fro, back here giving you that good good. What's up, bro? I'm, I'm still thirsting for this carte blanche. You know, I know, dude. Yeah, I, Louis, where you at? Louis, where no, you at? Man. Cover this good fro. Dude. We were just talking offline. I just finalized to your heart's discontent, but content. I kept Milan on the list, but yeah, I, I finalized the Euro Vision Quest. And yeah. uh, thank you for all the recommendations. Paris, London, real money cities. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the hotel go. bills when I was booking those were a little when that Amex charge came through. Uh, you know, the a certain orifice puckered a little bit, if you might yeah, say. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's what it is. It's just money, yeah. right? And it's experiences. And they say dress for the job you want. Well, you yeah. know what? I think the corollary is travel for the lifestyle you want. And so that's absolutely. Well, plus, man, before you go to Paris and uh, and London, you're going to be in Milan. So, and you're a man of fashion who loves who uh, loves those Milan, things. Berlin so, as well. Yeah, two of the Berlin, trendiest man. cities two, in the world, probably. Absolutely, Very absolutely. Exciting. They'll also find some underground club in Berlin. Is going. Oh my gosh! Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. In between, in between tunnel. Like I swear to God been there it's crazy shit amazing yeah no I'm, I'm stoked about berlin yeah. doing amsterdam vienna prague all the wonderful cities paris obviously yeah, i'm yeah. doing versailles so let me actually let me know about your pick and then i'll quit rambling here yeah. i had to choose because i i wanted like a day to rome in paris and yeah. so i had to choose because i'm only doing one day trip instead of two i went versailles over mont saint michel was that the right call have you been? I to love this? castles. No, I've never been to either. And I oh, love you castles. Go to Versailles. Versailles first. Versailles first. It's the best. Okay. Yeah. Mount St. Michel, for people that don't know, it's this incredible castle that's built yeah, on essentially this tide plane that yeah. when the tide is out, there's essentially a land bridge to it that yeah. you can walk to it. And when the yeah. tide comes in, it's essentially totally surrounded by yeah. water. It's up there with like Neuschenstein in Germany. Like it's one of yeah. the most iconic castles probably yeah. in the world. But yeah. okay, so I made the right I made the right bet with 100%. French opulence at its peak. I have to yeah. see this. Oh, like, how dude, do you ab- absolutely you don't dude. top it? No, no, you don't top it. Mont Saint Michel is a thousand year old monastery just built like on a rock. Oh, monastery! Like said, yeah, it's a Sorry, monastery. Yeah, so I yep. proposed to my my wife there. Um, no yeah, 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 yeah. I proposed my wife there. So it's pretty full wild. circle. You go, you go in there, and at different points of the day, like it's still an active monastery. So when oh, we went I there, I know this. When we went there, they were singing. This the mass. hardcore history podcast now. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's like they were singing mass, um, and like low, like legit. I just I started weeping, not for any other reason. Except like, dude, this is a thousand. They were doing this a thousand years ago. Like someone, there's all this history that kind of washes over you because, dude, you go to Versailles. There's tourists everywhere. Like you can kind of imagine yeah, yeah. stuff, but this, you're alone in the chapel at the top of it's a different thing but you have to it's just a you got it i made the right call though yeah yeah you made made the right right. yeah especially too because my bougie-ness like there's nothing that gets more bougie than versailles like there is it is is the mecca of bougie-ness on the earth like the guilt you don't get bougier than french people yeah you don't get bougier than french people you don't get bougier than that king at that time who built what a g like yeah it passes the frank yeah passes the test bringing it on okay let's land the plane anything you've seen cool exciting what do you got going on let's do some some latest news before we get into what, what do uh, I got? proximity what do I, to profit what do i got well i love the um the thing you sent me from lenny's about oh, the, the notion uh, product oh, building notion. yeah notion product building it's, it's so in well mail if yeah, you guys are yeah. well mail or subscriber um, so yeah good. absolutely little little plug no man, nothing particularly new. Nothing just uh, you know, regular. Oh, you posted uh, the text to VFX stuff for people that don't know. Chase used to be a very, very successful, incredibly talented <laughs> <Successful>. director. 
Well, you were like inches uh, away from that big yeah, there's yeah. so many machinations in Hollywood, but let me let me gas you up a bit. Let me get you. Yeah. You can't have a fro like that and not let me gas yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. This is the Nick St. Pierre stuff was pretty crazy. The text to VFX, I think, yeah, was actually mind, really fascinating. Mind, that's mind, that's mind boggling. I mean, the, the cool uh, thing that they're going to be able to do with that is eventually bring it down to us down here, which is we're going to be able to do really, really amazing stuff in ads once it makes sense. Because right now, I have to think. I don't know this, but like the server costs for doing something like that are a little higher than what we'd want to yeah. do because of just the yeah. density of those images. But they'll eventually get it right, and so that's that was really exciting. Thinking about kind of what that see means some, for business in general. Yeah, it's some epic. Michael Bay ads coming soon. Yeah, hundred oh, um, percent. I thought this was actually pretty interesting. So I don't know if you're a Succession guy or any of our listeners oh. are. Fantastic yeah. show if you're into it. It's actually a based off the the Murdoch Empire, yeah. Fox News, except Sky, etc., cetera, yeah. etc. Cetera. Really fascinating show. Definitely recommend it. No spoilers, so I'm not doing this. What I found fascinating, though, was how many people do you think watched the succession finale? Uh, Four million? Ah, that's a conservative guess. Nine million-ish, give or take. Oh, it's not horrible, but not huge. Yeah, in the zeitgeist, right? It's like, oh my gosh, it's everywhere, but nine million viewers is like the first hour of a Mr. Beast video. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, It's nothing. What do you think the most watched season finale was? And I guess one show and then two viewership. Ever? Ever. I mean, it's got to... I don't want to say. The kids won't get any of these, but you should. Uh, Ever, ever, ever. Friends, right? It's in the top five, but not it. I don't know. I'm not even going to know this. It's going to be some stuff that... Oh my God, yes. I didn't know that it was going to be the most. The most watched. What was it? 105 million. Bro, when you're the only what show episode? in town, my God, 105 million. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, 80.5 million. Oh. The Fugitive, 78 million. 78 million people in 67 is crazy. That's insane. Seinfeld, obviously Seinfeld over Friends. Yeah. Uh, 76 plus million, 76.3 yeah. and 98. And then you called Friends at 52.5 million. The whole me- point of me rambling on, and then we'll get into the fun SaaS stuff, is it's so interesting. There used to be a shared zeitgeist. Yeah. Whereas now yeah. this succession is everywhere. And that's not what is nine million out of three thirty. That's not even three percent, two point seven percent of the population. Yeah. Watch the season finale when you're talking about a third of the population yeah. used to watch a season finale in nineteen eighty three. So I thought it was just an interesting Fragmented. kind of juxtaposition of yeah. where society was and where it is now. Whether yeah, that's yeah. good or bad, we won't go into it. It was just I thought it was kind of an interesting yeah, I, think, uh, I think just the fragment fragmented zeitgeist is a really interesting way to look at it like what you're talking yep. about it's a really interesting one i think what it also plays to is how you build your marketing plays is if you know there's a fragmented zeitgeist among your customers like understand where you need to be you always talk about budget allocation being the biggest job of a marketing yep. executive like understanding yep. that fragmented zeitgeist within your icp so if they like succession some people talk about succession if they like i don't know mash talk about mash like you need to kind of know who your people are and how your customer fits into those different profiles so definitely dead on completely agree with you and uh my friend said this the other day when we were chatting about it. he's like we think it's everywhere it's like a tiny little show it's a blip on people's ass dude clavio clavio is the same way the clavio yeah. If you talk to anybody in D2C, there's only one ESP or email service provider, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Dude, they're not even the top 10 of the biggest email service providers, no, which is crazy to think not about. Even not yeah, even not close. Even close. Yeah. Great product. Love, love our friends over at Clavio. Yeah. But just uh, to your point of like, sometimes you can be a loud minority. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 
Our main topic today is something that Raba and I are very passionate about when we talk about product and marketing and, and retention, et cetera. And that's um, the closer you are to revenue as a product, the more important you are to your customer. And so there's like a lot of offshoots that go off of this, but I guess just thinking about that as a, as a topic in general, like what does that mean to you when we talk about that? Yeah. So, you know me, I like to use fancy words. So uh, yeah. I call it the thesis proximity to profits. Yeah. So the closer you are to the profits, the not only more secure your job is, you know, real recognize real, just call it how it is, but also the impact of your decisions will be felt far after you leave. Mm. And so I think that's why the compensation needs to be like, you have to pay your leaders well. You just have to. I don't, I don't know any way around that. I think there's ways that you can keep burned down in the beginning where you can yeah, yeah. sell a dream, you can sell a management style, you can sell a persona. My, a lot of the people that I recruited early on, like we didn't have a ton of budget. So I'm just like, dude, I can pay you market or maybe below market, but it's going to be fun as fuck. <laughs> We're going to work a ton. We're going to have yeah. a ton of fun. We're going to build this thing that has never happened before. We're, you're going to be part of something that you'll never get a chance to be. It's essentially the Steve Jobs line of, do you want to sell soda water your whole life or do you want to or sugar water your whole life or do you want to put a dent in the universe? And so, but I think those are my two big takeaways at the employee level. Yeah. You have a way more secure job because if you get ripped out, profits will go rip you. But yeah. at an employer level and a business level, you need to understand that these people are so intricate. Like the best companies, uh, what is it? Cable Cowboy. I can't remember the network now, but a great book, Cable Cowboy. Essentially, the, his whole executive team has been there for like 10 or 15 years. And so yeah. anyways, those are, I think, my two implications is that the decisions you make as a leader of a vertical have like way more impact and lasting impact than they do. So said a different way, your CEO of happypills.com, et cetera, et cetera. The product roadmap that you put down and the decisions you make are going to affect that business for maybe a year, two yeah. years. Yeah. If there's a marketer that does paid ads on X, Y, or Z for that month, it's internalized. And so yeah. that's why leadership, I think you really need to understand how you can compensate your leaders in a way that is not only aligned with incentives, the economics work, but mm -hmm. you have to understand with great power comes great responsibility and the decisions yeah. that those leaders are going to make are going to really impact your business, not only now, but in the future. And I think that that to me are the two biggest kind of takeaways from the proximity to profits. Yeah, I love that. I think the thing I'm taking the biggest one is make sure you're being translated what the goal is, right? So like leadership, translate, translate the goal to everybody. And essentially then if you hire a leader who's going to have the proximity to profits, have them using your word, either like to be an evangelist for that yep. line of business because essentially everyone else is going to go be the missionaries under that kind of like evangelist be. title. And so the closer you are to that, the more secure your job is. I think I'm going to come from a, a product angle, which is Love the it. farther you are from the end result of something, the easier you are to cut because people are always going to look at the end first rather than the middle or the beginning. Like frankly, very few people care about bridges. Like they don't. Yep. Even if you're the yep. bridge in the middle, like, hey, I connect these two things. They're like, all right, well, I'll just smash the two things together. It doesn't fucking matter. But if you're like, hey, space. look, my I'm thing, my engineers. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm the, so again, I'll just use triple because we always talk about it. If you talk about 
attribution software where you get to have a view of what's going on in your business on a day to day and make decisions off of it. Great analogy. You're like, dude, I can't live without this. I must have this in my life because I need to know what's going on. Simultaneously, I am hiring. I need to have hiring software and HR software to onboard these people to action my vision. Cannot live without this. In the middle, you say, I need to, I'm a distributed team. I need to communicate with my team in an organized way. I have to have Slack, must have this. These are all proximity to profits. You could say like, well, Slack, where does that sit in that? Well, if your your human beings are going and being missionaries for your business and making you multiples on on their salary, you need that source of truth for information and communication, i.e. Notion, i.e. Slack. Other things are nice to haves, and that's the worst place to be. And so I keep thinking about this in terms of like, I think what you dissected there is such an important one on the people level. I think in the, the product level, you have your main product and then you have all of the different product lines within your product yes. that kind of touch that. I think what happens a lot of times is either people get too excited about all the new shiny things that they can build and they forget that thing that makes you valuable to the bottom line, or they don't realize that maybe they're building into something that can be more valuable and they don't think about how it affects the bottom line and they don't build into that. So I'm curious, like, obviously, let's debate it. Maybe we're going to finish the pod early and say like, oh, we agree, done. But it's one of the things I think is least talked about in this whole thing. Like, well, we build, we live here in this space. It's like, well, how close are you to the actual end result of someone's business so that they can pump that information back in and make more money? Like, that's really the entire thing. So how do you do that? Like, I'm curious what you think about that. It's a fantastic way to put things. I mean, another kind of metaphor I've been thinking about is like, if you're running a tribe, like the last person you're going to kick out of the tribe is the hunter or the farmer (laughs) because you need the resources. The first person that's going is the priest or the philosopher. Like, hey, y'all maybe the priest, there might be some ways and we can figure like out like, maybe some emotional connections yeah. or like maybe the parallel is there's, there's some political connections in the company and that becomes yeah. like a little kind of holy armor around that yeah. person. But man, if you're not putting hay on the cart or if you're not putting potatoes on the table, if you're not putting meat in the storage locker, especially at that early stage, it's really hard to justify your existence. And so with that being said, I think of a business like an organism. And so as you grow, you do need these things. So like we yeah. started from this little puddle in water and now we're making computers that can basically do the things that human brains can do. Yeah. Uh, so I would take that caveat where it's like, we're not saying that anybody that doesn't have direct line revenue isn't necessary. It's just you build in a expansion or radial way and that hub on that radius or sp- that hub for those spokes is the core profit drivers for the business. And if you don't have the CEO or the CPO, chief product officer, you don't have somebody to run your marketing, you don't have these things, it's hard to feed that village. And feed, I mean, pay the bills to keep the lights on. And sometimes you can go find, you know, some to keep the medieval analogy extension and shout out going to OG Europe. You might be able to go find a benefactor, aka a VC, that will then give your town money and stuff, but now you're beholden to them. So there's these other things. So I think that... You should always strive to be as close to the profits as possible. But at the same time, there is places and companies that you don't necessarily need the like HR. Yeah. Who cares? Who needs like HR is the most useless vertical ever. But like (laughs) at the same time, 
what if you get sued? Then it's not useless anymore because now yeah. you don't have any paper. Show. And so again, it gets into these places like, should you have an HR department when you start? No, or I don't think you should. No. But like after you get to a place of 20, 30, 50 people, you have to grow up. And so yeah. I think that's a big learning too, is maybe you don't want to be part of a 50, 100 person, 500 person company. Maybe you thrive in that 20 to 50 where it can be very friendly, very handshaky. Yeah. But at the end of the day, as you get grow more and more and more, Dude, lawyers get involved, finance people get involved, all these oh, layers yeah. of bureaucracy start to layer on. Fentanyl's and again, it. it's not a judgment. It's just a, yeah. an evolution that's necessary. Like you don't sue poor people. You sue rich yeah. people. Why do rich yeah. people have lawyers? Because you sue them. I, you, yeah. You're not suing Rabba. I ain't got shit no. to give you. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe some sneakers and that's it. But yeah. that's under the LLC. You can't, yeah. you can't touch those. So I think that's kind of where my mind is at, where like if you're thinking of it in terms of career advice, the quickest, fastest way you can secure your job and get more money is make the company more money and be yeah. as close to that money-making mechanism as possible or be as integral to that money-making as possible. If they're a camera and you're the film and you make money taking pictures, you ain't getting cut anytime soon. Yeah. But if you're the photographer or if you're somebody that you start to get, oh, you're the developer, you're these things that can start to get outsourced. And this is kind of a little tangent here, but we were talking offline about kind of some some really awesome business people. Michael Dell came up, who's incredible, big complex out here in North Austin. Um, but one thing that I thought he really messed up on, and I think he'd probably tell you this too because he rectified it, but he outsourced what they're really good at. And that's how Lenovo came about. That's how all these people came about because he literally outsourced everything. And it was just basically almost like a drop shipped brand where he yep. was slapping Dell on everything, but all the actual innovation and assembly was happening overseas. Yep. And because he outsourced that because the economics worked and then he just got undercut by all these other cheaper, yep. better computers because he outsourced what really made Dell special at the time. Yeah. So I think that's a, a interesting ancillary point as well. But I guess like, what's your take on it? Like if you're a, an up and comer or if you're trying to get into a product or like, how would you leverage the proximity to profits to make you more money, help your business and keep your job more secure? So I'm going to go down two paths and I'm sure we'll debate both of them and it'll be a lot of fun. Number one, it's kind of, I guess this becomes a subtopic on this, on this pod. We talked about communicating through data. So let's just say yeah. you're a content marketer, right? Yeah. To a quant-focused CEO, a content marketer's job is incredibly nebulous. Like it doesn't make any fucking, you're like, oh, you're going to repurpose this shit. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. And so you have to come back and say, no, look, here are the quantifiable business metrics. And just understand, that's what you always say, understand what matters to the CEO, make them happy. And just translate your information. You know the metrics that actually matter to you making your line of business yes. work, but there is the sheet you present to your leadership and then there's the sheet that you know actually drives impact. If those two things can be a synthesis, right? Like that's fantastic. But you at least need to know what is the top sheet of that presentation that you need to provide to just get through and be forget being safe, be valued, right? Like, oh, fuck, man. Like, Johnny is a, is a killer. I don't know why I use Johnny. That's what my dad always says for random names. But like Johnny is an absolute killer because he knows exactly what is meaningful to me. So there's a few metrics. Like I'll even give our, our CEO a shout out. He, he looks at a few things when we talk about sales. And he's like, well, this, like denominator and numerator don't make sense. I don't understand. It's like, oh, dude, okay, that's the answer. That's yes. what he says. And he says it three times. Like, all right, question. man. That's the question. I need to answer that question every single time. People will tell you if you fucking listen what you need. You know the metrics you need to drive the business forward. 
no question. Yes. But in terms of proximity to profit and knowing how to keep yourself safe and thriving, you need to know what matters to the people that are making the decisions about what your ceiling is at this place. So that's my first one on the people thing. I don't know what you think about that. Uh, so chef's kiss, absolutely perfect. I love the bifurcation where I almost think of it in a way of like, you're driving the car, you see your dashboard, you know what you need to do to drive the car better, faster, awesomer. But guess what? On the outside of a car lot, you have all the awesome, big, big, high-level things. How much does it cost? What's my miles per gallon? Blah, blah, blah. That's what the CEO, that's what your boss cares about. That's going to yeah. be totally different than the odometer, yeah. than the speedometer, than the RPM gets a tachometer. Like, and so I think that's a really good call-out because sometimes, especially at the beginning of my career, you always, always, always index on the fact your boss is going to be late. They're going to be busy. They're going to be distracted. Not necessarily they don't want to take the meeting, but they literally need whatever nugget they want to hear to take to their boss to say, hey, and their boss might, they might be the owner. So they have the, the board as their boss, but what is the success story? And they don't care about impressions. And I use these soft metrics. Like that's how I was measuring Tommy's performance. Like, are we getting followers? Are we getting impressions? Are we doing this? That doesn't really matter to the business no, per no, se. No. Like you might be able to sprinkle it in like at the yeah. end, but really to your point, like figuring out what those main metrics were. And it was like, okay, cool. Here's the traffic to the site. Here's what the conversion rate is from the traffic to the site, a new visitor to a MQL, to an SQL, to an actual proper lead, to a demo book, showing that flow. And those are really outside of that funnel metric. Oh, are we spending more money, less money, et cetera, et cetera. But those were the things that like pipeline was really all I reported on. And yeah. I, at the beginning, had these incredibly robust reports. All No, it's called an executive summary for a reason. Yeah. Ain't no executive ever going to read that report. It's just not going to happen. That report was for yeah. you. And so get understanding that like that that's two different sets of data that are both really important, but the audience are just totally different. And so I think that's a really good call out that I hadn't thought through yet where you can get caught in this trap of wanting to seem smart where a CEO or usually your boss doesn't care. They hired you because you were smart. What yeah. they care about is where are you going? How are we getting there? What are we doing? What yeah. are the things that I want you to track? And so anyways, I'm kind of rambling here now, but I, I was perfect, perfect point. Love so it. I'll give a, I'll give a counter on um on like product side of things. So in terms of wrapping in data and proximity to profit and that trust. So we've all decided like, hey, look, you're smart, I'm smart. We agree. We want to drive the business forward. Let's fucking go. Okay, hey, let's kill some stuff inside the product. Yep. Let's kill these things. Bullet, bullet. Yep. No matter how much trust you have, no matter how much like how much goodwill you have banked, no matter how many dollars you've made somebody, if someone is in an executive position above you and you don't have any backup to that, they're going to say, fuck you. What yes. are you talking about? That is, even if they agree with you, because they'll be like, hey, yes. schmuck, like this is not the way that we communicate. Dude, I did it recently. I was like, I was just feeling lazy that day. And I knew I was right. I'm like, hey, dude, let's yeah. kill these things. No, I don't agree with that. I had sourced inside the company that it was agreed upon that I had made the, I'm making the right call or like that I, I had a quorum, if you will, of everyone was on my side. The idea though is, look, here are the, you know, here are my 15 user interviews, qualitative. Here's the feedback from all of these, you know, exit surveys. Here is also yeah. the intro survey saying that these things, here's also all of the session data saying these things. Here's all the usage metrics on these different features, Right. Here's what that looks like modeled out 
in a very model. simple model. Again, I'm not Dave or any of these guys who can crush on model, like a very noobish models. Here's a model of if these didn't exist, what would a bad case scenario look like? And it is still 30% better than what we had. Yes. Why would we not do that? So that takes a little work, takes a little, but if you're going to make that kind of statement that going to take a little bit of, of, of convincing, you got to come with the story that you know the person needs to hear. It like, is it unfortunate? Hey, I've made all this thing. I've done all these. Sure, it's unfortunate. Don't fucking complain. Just do your job. Like, it it's really on you for not understanding the assignment. No, it's, it's totally my fault. After I did, I'm like, no, I didn't mean that as a you. I no, no, but you're right. You're right, dude. You're 100 right. So, when I was running my agency, I had these gorgeous notion reports, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I just ended up devolving into like essentially like you know the three to five metrics. Here's what's happening: a couple screen yeah. grabs, and off you go. Because I was yeah. spending thirty minutes to an hour on these reports, and oh, dude, no one cares. Billboard no in cares. the desert. Nobody like, cares. Forget us selling to people. So when you get pitched over the phone by another SaaS to work with you or something, if someone comes yeah. with a twenty-page report or sends you that, dude, I'm actually I'm actively not taking the call. Like I cancel. There's I'll cancel a minute before if I get that. Hey, can you review this? Like. They're absolute deuces. But if someone sends it, yeah, but if someone no, sends finish me a one sheet, a one sheet, and it's yeah. like, hey, look, this is yeah. what's going to happen if you do this today. Well, bro, let's have a conversation. You know what you're going to do for me, right? It's confidence, right? Uh, 20 sheets shows me you don't have any confidence yeah. in your actual, oh, your actual delivery. So I don't know, hit me. You know, it's kind of that old Mark Twain thing of, uh, I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long one. Yeah. Because it, it's just so much harder to be <laughs> yeah. succinct. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, I mean, Speaking from the two most loquacious people, uh, <laughs> Scrabble word. Get yeah, dude. Yeah, I got. I got to. You, you're dropping uh, bifurcation. I got. I got to come back. I, yeah. Damn it. What was the other thing I was going to comment on? Uh, we were talking about proximity. We were talking about the stories of like actually wrapping in. Data. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I remember what it was. Now it's actually zero percent value additive, but it's funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only two things, if I get like a request to do something, or if you send me a Microsoft Teams instant decline <laughs> i had to do it once we had a, a horrible pr firm and i had yeah. to do and the, they wouldn't join slack we were giving them yeah. boatloads of money every month they wouldn't join slack i had yeah. to take microsoft meeting or teams use oh, it no, it was no, horrific so those are, those are my two red flags if you send me over a, a treatise on what your company is or it, oh, it can't never really, send i barely team. take meetings anyway so never it, send it's not any, Listen, if there is one thing not to do, never send anyone a Teams link to a meeting or a WebEx or WebEx. Those two things, you'll be banished, dude. Like absolutely fucking banished. She'll never see you again. Keep that that Cap One card or give it to the waiter behind when she's not looking. Don't pull it out the table, please. Absolutely not. She'll think of all the commercials she's seen and be like, dude, you're that guy. Dude, Supposedly, uh, the uh, business card fucks, though. I guess it's like two to three percent. Oh, dude, dude, it, abs- so, it, like, absolutely, I, I, it absolutely does. This is a I little mean, bit in jest. But. No, you know what we got to do. This is the next business, Rob. Since we we service D 2 C businesses, so we think about them all the time. It's like skins for uh, credit cards. Make cool oh, they stuff. do it already. Do they? they do really? Dude, I'm such there's a like three to five. I almost bought them. Yeah. Um, you can send in your Amex. You can send in whatever you want, and they'll transfer the chip and everything. You can get an engraved. Oh, you can bro, get bro, Papa Machini. You can yeah, get yeah. Big Baby C. You can get whatever yeah. you want. Number one dad. Um, yeah. They're fantastic. They're actually really cool. And, yeah, I'm just going to get the outline of the fro, dude, on it. Oh, just, my gosh. Uh, can you imagine? Dude, who said that? I wish we could give him credit. We Joe. Need it was that Joe. At, yeah, yeah. Oh, Joe. Big Joe. Oh, yeah, I'm so Joe, sorry, dude. Joe. I caught yeah. the plague. I was going to meet up with them uh, yeah. next time I'm in New York. But that'd be amazing. Like the NBA. 
Yeah. Like just your fro? Just like the, the fro. Logo? That's, the, that's, oh the, that might, that's just a new, a, new, a new logo for the pod. Uh, it's just your hat and my fro. Oh, oh my God. That's oh, good. God, God oh, I'm sorry, guys. We're going off this tangent now. now. Um, we are on tangent Yeah, now. yeah, absolutely. But I think the, the too long didn't read for all the proximity to profit stuff is that there's two ways to look at the world. The way it is or the way you want it to be. The way it is sucks. But like the more you can understand the way it is, the more you can warp that world into what you want to be. And so that's kind of when you don't have alignment on first principles, you're going to be perpetually disappointed because you could be doing incredible stuff that just doesn't matter. Like I had a naivete of just do great work and everything fixes itself. That's just not life. Like you you just got to figure out really what makes you happy, what fires you up. And to Chase's point, like it's not about not getting fired. It's about making yourself so invaluable. That's not even a question. Yeah. Of like, like if you get let go, it's because one, you, you leveled up and you wanted to go somewhere else or two, the business went out. One of those things you can control the, yeah. the latter you can't. And so yeah. I think that's kind of my hippy dippy take on all the, the capitalistic stuff yeah. that we talked about where I, I think it's really important to understand your environment, understand the question that your boss cares about, understand yeah. shorter is better. These people are super busy. This doesn't yeah. necessarily apply with your directs. Like you can be way more verbose yeah. with the, the people beneath you, but reporting up, it needs to be succinct. It needs to be, what is this elevator pitch? Can you explain this to me in two to three minutes? Because what's going to happen is you're going to be like, okay, cool. That's awesome. That's what I need to hear. I have to go to another meeting. Thanks for checking in. Or to Chase's point, it's even more important where they're like, oh, cool. This is awesome. But why is Twitter growing so slower? Why is Twitter growing so great? What's going on there? And they'll double click on the things that they care about. And then that gives you intel for the next meeting to understand, hey, this is what my boss cares about. And I say it all the time, but it's it's such a great line. I had an awesome boss at Whole Foods and he had a line where it says, if I have to ask you how something's doing, you're not communicating enough. And I think that's a really, really good way to to manage up, if you will, and build really strong relationships with the the stakeholders and the, the people above you and your bosses. I think that's a really important one, though, even just actually thinking about it like through the lens of building a product that delivers value, whether it's the brand out like that you're that you're putting out there to the market. So, you know, triples product, pencils product, et cetera, that we have, yeah. which delivers value for the business and then to the actual consumers, the newsletter, podcasts, et cetera. If the consumer has to ask you why it matters, like why is this good? Ooh. Right? Like you're not doing a good enough job of communicating it either at the outset of the relationship. Like I haven't done my onboarding properly. I haven't set up kind of the email I mean, cadences. Good. I haven't put enough education sessions out there. Or we don't have enough CS support, whatever it is. Or I haven't communicated what the second or th- like secondary or third tier value is when you're using the product so that you can deepen your engagement and expand, communicate. Obviously, you'd love my, my favorite word, like drive word of mouth, et cetera. And so I think there's kind of always there's two kind of pieces of being close to revenue. There's like the people piece, which we've gone really, really deep into. I think the big one, though, and I really love what you brought up from your boss at Whole Foods. If you have to be asked, then you haven't communicated it well enough. And oh, it is so good. Every what single corollary. Oh, it's such a, it's such an incredible one. It's every so single smart. time that happens, you know that that customer is gone because they already have made yeah. their decision. They're doing it as a courtesy to you because it's like the homey kind of handshake or hand yeah. Like, at I best, got you. you get the exit interview for them yeah. where it's like, oh, dude, dude, we'll give you the dude. Amazon gift card. Will you please yeah. take the call? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but they're gone. Uh, and again, 
we're talking about this in the present tense where we are the product or the brand. We've also been the customer where it's like, yes. dude, if I have to ask this question, like I, I ain't buying, right? Yeah. I'm not getting, yes. I'm not getting usage out of it. A lot of times, for instance, like a champion will leave and then the people are like, well, why does this matter? Well, the champion had a deep engagement with the product, so it was easier. You didn't have to think about it, but you can't, this is kind of comes back to the whole thing, right? You can't, we talked about internal TAM last week. If the champion is the only one you're selling to on either the selling or the using, you're kind of screwed. You have to have, you have to build the bridges in your education to connect both of those things and or tell them the stories that we were talking about right now, which is what matters to the boss, what matters to the users, how do you get them to use that so that it feels closer to the end goal that they're trying to get, which is make more money in a really easy way. Like that's every Mm. software is meant to do that. Love yeah. it. Numb notes. I mean, I yeah. think that's it's perfectly perfectly articulated. Yeah. And I love that that corollary of yeah. and this is something that and I know I, I've somehow turned into like a brand maxi where I used yeah. to be like just total team DR and yeah. uh, what is that the Batman line where it's like you either die a hero or live long enough to become yeah. the villain. And now now I'm on the other side. But I think that's really why a bunch of awesome like brands can really support a lot of this stuff because what is a brand? A brand. I mean, if you think of like the biggest augmentation of a brand is a franchise. What is a franchise? A franchise is saying you can run my business, but you have to run it like this, like this, like this. Why? Because if I go to Shanghai for a Starbucks, I actually don't even know if there's Starbucks in, uh, in China. Yeah. But if oh. I go to Brazil, if I go to Italy, if I go to Spain, I know that there's a certain expectation of it's going to be clean, it's usually going to be affluent people, it's going to yeah. be you know shitty coffee, but who cares, put some yeah, sugar yeah. in it. Like There's all the same with the McDonald's and stuff like yeah. that. And so I think that's what brands can do is help you ground that franchise yeah. with the brand expectations, and yeah. then you can really use it to proliferate it out. But anyways, I won't yeah. get on my brand soapbox. I already did a brand No, no, we're going to go into brand. I, I go love into it. favorite product soon. Yeah, man. I think, well, my dad calls uh, Starbucks the embassy and, and uh, McDonald's the lighthouse. So like, hey, let's go to the embassy. <laughs> right? And you know, what's so interesting is Starbucks really, 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 really didn't take off until when? Do you know this? Uh the year or the actual like no just the, there like was like a, there was a really specific act that they enabled in their business that tell took me. it from zero to bazillion yeah. tell what me what was it i know i know oh. no no you have to tell me i know schultz when he bought it i, I heard that story oh, yeah. I heard this yeah their rewards program oh the dude. starbucks reward there's dude. so oh. much money in the star wars reward ecosystem and they took the playbook like i'm an american whore like yeah. i should have went delta everybody does delta all my fancy friends do delta yeah. america's not bad but like i specifically will only book on american why gotta get my points and you know what's even funnier there's a great david sendera uh quote of the fathers imprinted on the sun I had yeah, yeah. a re- really great convo with my dad yesterday. We were talking all this trip and stuff like that. And he, cause I, I'm meeting him out there as well. And literally 45 minute conversation, 30 minutes of it was him going on and on in exuberance of how he got X hotel room for Y price because of his points. If you guys oh, have man. parents like mine or you got an immigrant yeah. parent, there's yeah. nothing more wholesome than them going off on how they saved money oh. because of their credit card points or their hotel <laughs> points. And so oh. that's my little brand brand yeah, pitch yeah. there. My, if you can build my, my that in a proper going, rewards program, paid, it's absolutely paid, crack. Sitting in first class, I paid coach for this. 
Like, <laughs> the whole time. Right, you wanted 17 yeah. references yeah. at least. You know, I didn't yeah. pay full price for this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can absolutely. you believe I got this on points? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, son. Five stars. $300 yeah. a night. You know how? Yeah. You know, it's perfect. So uh, that's that's the little well, that's uh, the power. The, that's the inflection power. point. Yeah. yeah, that's the power, man. Loss aversion is a real thing, dude. Yeah. And when people, 100%. they don't, they're like, well, I can do that. So anyways, uh, the power of the brand. But again, expectation setting, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, uh, yeah really good stuff, Chase. I really like yeah. your train of thought there. Okay, so we're going to go to our next two segments. Segment we're landing one the is, plane here. Yeah, we my God. We're like, are uh, we getting producing. Are we, we, need, we need a production value. Add a little, yeah. little bumpers in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they have they have these things, yeah. right? Yeah, if you're the producer, you have it over. Yeah. You can you can oh blow God. some ears out. Yeah. Episode six. We'll actually get we'll get funky it's with it. It's coming, folks. Yeah. It's coming, folks. Um so we're gonna do Raba's section, which is product of the week, and then we're gonna go into Ooh, like yeah. growth thought or growth growth nugget of the week with me. And we'll debate for a few minutes on that and then we'll uh, we'll close off. So what you got, my Love brother? It. Dude, I got something a little again, a little bit of a homer pick included in whale mail, but I was really blown away by it. Actually, Moise tweeted about it. Um, he bought some creatine gummies from Create. Shout out, Dan. Yeah. Let me get some gummies, Dan. I'm trying yeah. to get Jack too. Yeah. And they use something called one text, which is pretty yeah. cool. So yeah. essentially you can do some pretty frictionless shopping where I'll send you a text and I can preload carts. I can do all this really pretty cool stuff. So onetext.com, go check it out. Uh, yeah. No affiliate, no nothing like that. No, I no, actually no. don't know anybody over there, but yeah. uh, I just think it's really cool tech. And I think SMS is one of the yeah. best kind of re-engagement retention plays. When I was running a lot of SMS campaigns, I always found the fluffy, fun, throw GIF in there, always shit the bed. The yeah. ones that are just straight shit and get, you know what I mean? Here's the yeah. price. Here's the offer. Here's yeah. how you can buy it. Crushed. Yeah. And there's nothing better than clicking a link with everything preloaded. And all you Dude. do is say, hey, pay. Dude, frictionless. It's why do people click buy with Amazon when it's available, right? Because you're just like, all right, I know I have a, everything set up. Tracking is going to be crap, but it doesn't matter because I don't have to like add, take off my credit card and scan it or, or do whatever. Daniel is the founder over there. They were at YC. So yeah, totally. Oh, totally you know them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, know. I know them through the bird. Of course. Uh, like not, of course not much, you know. but yeah. One well, text. shout out Daniel. Yeah, really shout cool out Daniel. Stuff over yeah, there. great stuff. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. I think anything we can do to make a process more frictionless, the better, especially purchase. Like we always talk about purchase velocity, like whatever we can do to just drive that, got to do it because people are always one second away from being like, nah, I'm good. I'll I'll keep that money. I will not shop if there's not shop pay or Apple pay. Is that bougie to say? I literally want the only, the only, actually that's not true. The only um, caveat there is if it's like something crazy designer or something that you, and yeah. again, luxury is a whole anti-marketing marketing. Like luxury yeah. doesn't play by the same rules as yeah. everybody else. Yeah. But outside of that, I won't buy. Like if it's under $2,000 or something like that, I won't buy if it's, uh, there's no Apple Pay or Shop Pay. But I think this comes back, we were talking about uh, like a fragmented zeitgeist. I think that like yeah. we have to understand kind of fragmented experiential like expectation yeah. customers. And if someone wants Apple Pay, I mean, I didn't think I would ever be into Apple Pay. And now I use it for like 70% of everything, dude. Shop Pay, same thing. You get, it's like, you got an Apple Watch? I don't, dude. I am, I am a very... Uh, do you do it'll change your life. You can do some James Bond stuff on here where all my cards are on here. So yeah. I just do touch my... I don't, I don't even pull oh. my wallet out. I, I very rarely go anywhere with my wallet now as well because oh, I have all my cards on my watch. And yeah. my, dude, Apple Pay is... That and Shop Pay are the two best shopping ex- or checkout experiences in my yeah. opinion. Shout out Harley. Yeah. So yeah. one text, go check it out. 
Absolutely. right, growth nugget. Give me a nugget to grow on. I don't think people understand just how important customer success is to your business in terms of, so my nugget is it's a marketing and a growth channel and a sales channel. Oh, preach. All in preach. one. And I think a lot of companies really undervalue what customer success people do. I also think that they preach. also don't equip customer success people with the right things to do all of those things. I also preach. don't think they grade them on the right things. So it's kind of like a bunch of negative shit that it still needs to, like there's a bunch of software now that's out there. So it's been disrupted a bit, but essentially like, again, when I was running customer success at Pencil and my team didn't always love this, but I really looked at it as a growth channel. It's like, look guys, we got to look at this like it's just, we're a growth team. If we only have this amount of customers, how do we make more money? Like if we never get another customer, how do we make more money? And how do we turn them into our acquisition channel? And so, okay, well, we've got to give them the most premier experience. We've got to give them the best education. A lot of the stuff we talk about in the standard go-to-market motion, but like there's the internal go-to-market as well that we need to really get dialed. And those are the people that are on the front lines of doing that. And so I've just been, the more I see this with any company, whether I've been there or not been there, I don't think people understand what kind of profit center they're actually sitting on with yeah. a customer success team. And most of the customer success teams I see are pretty shit, to be completely honest with you. It's a bunch of people who either aren't killers, don't really understand what moves the needle for the businesses they're talking to. And when you get a good one, you're like, oh my God, I love you. I never want you to leave. But it's it's pretty few and it's far always between. A function of, well, to be fair too, it's, all, it's a function of resources. Like, yes. Like not saying $50,000, $60,000 a year, $70,000 a year isn't you know living. But it's hard to get talented people at those numbers. Like yeah. it's just it just is what it is. I'm not yeah. judging no, it. Right. It's just it is what it is. Right. And so you get into the nonprofit conundrum. You want talented people to run this, but you don't have the yeah. resources to do yeah. it well. And this is gonna sound like a, a super pro move because we're gonna tie it all together, but like what's farther from profits than customer experience? The money's hit the bank, dog. So, so like you get to, I'm not arguing with you because I agree. Yeah. I think customer experience yeah. is the one marketing touch point that you can create an evangelist or you can create an enemy That's for life. So I, I think Eli yeah. Weiss does some really cool stuff there. Oh, um, yeah. Jess over at Feastables is doing some really yeah. cool stuff. But like from the outside looking in, you can see why that's the philosopher yeah, yeah. of the priest that like, oh, a famine's coming. Where's oh, the food, absolutely. guys? Like what's happening? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's happy. They're praying. Yeah. Everybody's philosophizing. Yeah. No, no, we need food to eat. We yeah. are starving. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's a perfect encapsulation of the proximity to profits because yeah. if you can't show that you are helping drive either sales, yeah. obtain sales, lower churn, expand yeah. sales where, oh, I talked yeah. to them and then I upsold them into this. Yeah. It gets into a hard case that I don't agree with, but it's the yeah. same, same as community where it gets into a place of like, well, how valuable is community? Well, yeah. why isn't doing that? How much does yeah. community make? <laughs> All valid questions. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not like denigrating them with the voice. It's just, um, this is again, I think the perfect application community and you said content as well. Yeah. Content, I think you can get a little bit more direct line because you actually yeah. have like web traffic, you have some things yeah. that you can kind of ma yeah, manipulate in. into a yeah. way that yeah. is, is helpful. Yeah. But I yeah, I think that's kind of, it's just is yeah. what it is. And so if you no, are a CX yeah. person, they are the best, like if you can be, become the best, they do get paid very, very well, but there's a oh. massive gap between 
the the really killers and and then candidly too man it's just a hard gig you're, dude, you're usually dude. dealing with people that aren't in the best frame of mind. They no, just want to yell. And so, like, just catching everybody's shit every yeah. day, all day. And, like, so it, yeah. it's also just a hard gig as well. Then you're not really compensated well. Like, yeah, there's no, just a lot, of, a lot of headwinds there. But no, amazing you're getting, customer experience. You're getting pressed, you're getting so pressed from, like, every side. I guess what I would challenge there is really this is kind of how the leadership of that customer success org frames how they go to market with their team. And if they come yes. and say, look, we're a revenue team. That's all we are. And you just communicate revenue saved. Hey, look, we could have lost this revenue Beautiful. and then it's a leaky bucket, right? And so- Gorgeous. Right? So if you come and you say, we're just, we are the internal revenue team versus the external revenue team. It's like, okay, then it's a conversation. And now it's like, okay, we know the fucking goal. Deliver the best experience so that we save every single dollar so that we are just growing. There's no yes. death. There's no revenue doesn't die, right? It's the, just growing. And so that's yeah. the only way I would frame it. And that's why I'm saying that is everyone comes like, oh, it's just about triage. No, it's yes. not about triage. Yes. Triage in support of revenue saving. That is it. I love that. Endorse all of that. And I yeah. think there's also a difference between customer support and customer yeah. experience. Oh, and yeah. so 100%. I think you can get by actually without customer experience. It's not great. Like you yeah. obviously want to bolt it on, but you really do need customer support where you, if there's people that have questions, answers, refunds, these things, like that's, a, I think, a different function. It should be absorbed by the customer experience function, but the customer experience is like, oh, hey, Chase, like you need to learn how to use the product or, oh, you want to churn. Well, did you know we had this, 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 this stuff? Like there's just a layer of sophistication in customer experience that is really hard to find and it's candidly very hard to make the economics net out because there's only so many people you can cover. And I think maybe like Lisa over at Siena, and there's maybe some some augmentations that you can do to take yeah. that customer support off of that team's shoulders. Yeah. And that team can really concentrate on customer experience and making yeah. that that experience great. Cause I do think they're two totally different things. And I, yeah. I don't there's nothing wrong with just having a customer support team if you don't have the economics to yeah, have yeah. this customer experience team, because a customer experience team done bad oh. is worse than a customer experience team that doesn't exist yeah oh that's a bar yeah oh we dropped a few folks that was amazing want to land this plane my friend let's do we'll this take this, let's ship do this. In, let's take this yacht into port as oh, we, are, we are we're the roys monaco f1 some guy oh, rolled dude. up to with his yacht and not only does he have the biggest yacht there or one of the biggest just as an F forty, just on yeah. the on the deck of the yacht for no reason, Chilling. just just, 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 just yeah. million dollar car, whatever, just yeah. just total opulence, and I'm Dude. here for it. I'm here yeah. for it, baby. There there was that guy that uh, craned in his uh, Santa uh, Grand Prix car into his forty yeah. million dollar penthouse. Like yeah, I'm here for it. What are we wrapping up with today? So yeah, we're gonna try and segment the shows. We really love all the feedback. The feedback has been fantastic. So we're gonna try and keep this nice little cadence of. Um, we'll have some latest news at the beginning. We'll have the the main subject of the show, and then I'll have my pick. Chase will have his growth nugget, and to give you guys a little bit of of a rhythm to fall into. Yeah. We're both Arab Persian. We like we like our rhythms over yeah. here. Yeah. Um, what else we got? We got a newsy on the way. Um, that is not yet posted, but stay tuned for that. I think that's pretty much all we got. You, Chase, you're on the mentor pass. Yeah, right? on the mentor passes. Yeah. yeah, on the grab bird. some time I'm with Chase. Running, He's yeah. on the bird app as well. I'm going to be traveling, but also on the Bird app. Hit me up if you have any cues or feedback of stuff. Are we posting these YouTube yet or not yet? 
these are not only yet, audio. But when, when should we? Okay. Yeah, maybe after this episode, think, people should tell us. Yeah, yeah, we should. Huh? We should see. I I love watching the YouTube because one, yeah. I like to see people, but then also sometimes I'll just leave the YouTube on and it becomes my podcast player. But right now, I guess we are only available. You'll have to only look at the shorts to get this beautiful hairdo um, <laughs> from my Persian brother here. What else we got? I think that's it. So we got the that's newsy it. come in. We got that, and then we might be toying around with possibly putting a really, really tight, tight, mm. tight 20, 30-person event mastermind together. Mm. Um, still in the, you know, working it out stages. We got to get some scheduling stuff, but uh, some of the people that have expressed interest are absolutely incredible. So if that is something that is up your alley, uh, maybe go three to five days somewhere exotic, learn a bunch of awesomeness, eat a bunch of clean food, meditate, work out, just do, do the the whole reset, baby. You, yeah. you reset your life, you reset your business, you reset your mindset. Inspo. Inspiration is a powerful drug. So I think that's all I got. What else you got? You got any other, other closing stuff? No, man. You brought that that yacht into the Monaco port. We're ready for F1, baby. Love it. Love let's it go. Let, yeah. Let's race. Yeah. Awesome, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, if you can, leave a review and tell us how awesome we are. We really, really appreciate that. And then any of the feedback on social um, is super helpful for us. So we really yeah. appreciate all the support and love. And uh, it's five in the book. Yeah, five in the book. Love it, man. All right. Until next time, bro. Until next time. Until next time.